salvation for an engine in the sky. I may not know the moment and I may not know the day, but I know that I'll be leaving when he calls his church away. Well, the captain of the vessel, he's calling, get on board. Our destination's heaven, safe on the crystal shore, where we'll meet again our Savior and our loved ones who have gone. We're there to live eternally, oh yes, we're going home. I'm going, going home for Jesus in the twinkling of an eye. I made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. I may not know the moment and I may not know the day, but I know that I'll be leaving when he calls his church away. I'm going home for Jesus in the twinkling of an eye. I made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. I may not know the moment and I may not know the day, but I know that I'll be leaving when he calls his church away. Well, I'm listening for the trumpet to sound most any time. A crown of life that's waiting. Thank God it'll soon be mine. I got my invitation at a place called Calvary. By the precious blood of Jesus, this trip's been paid for me. I'm going home with Jesus in the twinkling of an eye. I made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. I may not know the moment and I may not know the day, but I know that I'll be leaving when he calls his church away. thing I thought of. Come on up, Brother Dale. Today we were at work and uh, the hospital, according to Joint Commission standards, we've got to have an emergency backup power plan, Brother Nick. So we've got a, two big generators. One's a little bit larger than the other, but they're pretty much, Sister Randall, they'll run the entire hospital. And on Wednesdays, we always have a check of the electrical system and they cut out our main power and kick that generator in, Brother Nick, and they make that generator operate the hospital. It's real easy for that generator to operate the hospital because of how big it is. It can handle the load with no problem. But today is not Wednesday. 
But today, the power went out. Sister Monica, and I was sitting back in my office, and I don't have any windows in my office. Neither does the rest of the pharmacy have any windows. And I was sitting there, and I was on my laptop connected to my, my monitor, and I'm typing away, working on some report, and all of a sudden, the entire building goes black. I mean, gone. And I reached, I was going to reach for my cell phone and thank the Lord, either the generator or the main power kicked back on and everything come right back to life, right? All the computers started rebooting, printers rebooting and everything coming like that. And I looked at my technicians, Brother Nick, and I said, listen, that's how soon it's going to be when the Lord comes. We're not going to have time. Oh, I'm going to grab my cell phone and I'm going I'm to turn the light on. I'll be able to see. We're not going to be able to say, Sister Randa. We're not going to be able to. Now, now, listen, cousin. I know I talked about you and I did you ugly and I never apologized for that. But I'm calling you right now because I want to apologize for what I said to you. You're not going to have time to do that. I looked the same technician in the face just a couple weeks ago. It was on a Friday afternoon. And the Lord prompted me to talk to her about her soul. She was not saved. She was not saved at that point. And I said to her, I said, Rena, I got ready to go to the floor. I remember I was going to the ER, I was going to the floor. And I had some stuff in my hand and I got to the door and I set my stuff down on the counter and I looked back at her. She's sitting at the computer and I looked back at her and I said, Rena, what if there was a gunman come through the door right now and shot me and you both? And she just kind of had that look on her face and I said, but Philip, I looked at her and I said, I'll tell you exactly what would happen, what would happen to me. I said, I'd be in the presence of the Holy God. I'd be in heaven right now if he come through the door and blew me away. I know that my sins are under the blood. And I know that I'd be in heaven. And she looked at me dumbfounded because she didn't know the answer to that question. At least she didn't know the right answer to that question. So come, that was for Friday afternoon. We parted ways. Come Monday morning, me and the other people, we were working back in the pharmacy. And I noticed, even when somebody's got a, a, a mask on, Brother Philip, you can still tell when they're smiling, can't you, Brother Dale? You can see it behind that mask. Nearly their whole face is covered. And I could see that Rena had a smile on her face. We got a couple minutes into the day, and it wouldn't do her nothing but to tell us, this weekend I prayed through and I gave my heart to the Lord. And I was so glad that on Friday I had a conversation with her and the Lord let me be a light to her. And I'm so thankful for that because we can shine a light to those that are around us, Brother Dale. It might not be overt. It might not be something as, as concrete as what I said to her because I put her on the spot. I wanted her to know if she died right then. I wanted her to answer that question, was she going to heaven or hell? And she had to answer, no, I don't know where I would go, but I don't think I'd go to heaven. But come Monday morning, she had the answer because she'd had the blood applied to her lives. I thank the Lord for it. I don't know if this has been said all night long, but I have to check. Well, they, they were still, they were still with Come on, Brother Philip said you could get louder. All right, I'm going to say one, two, three. Attitude check. All right, okay. I think they're awake. All right. Uh, as Nick, come on up, get ready, son. I'm going to say something here. I was listening to a preacher a few days ago, and he was talking about having AAA. He lives in a big city. He's got AAA. Anybody know what AAA is? Okay. Break down beside the highway. You make a phone call, and somebody will come get you, help you. Give you whatever you need. 
and uh, uh, he was in that big city. And he was going down the the uh, the, the what they call that beltway around the city, and and all of a sudden his car quit. And he said, mm. he made a phone call. Twenty minutes, his wrecker showed up. He said, "Son, do you got room for me in that cab of that truck? Cause I don't have nobody to come get me." He said, "Yeah, well, sure, sir. Come on, climb up in the truck, and we'll get you back there. And they can, you can make some phone calls, and maybe somebody can pick you back up at my shop." And he said, "I got in that truck and started down the road." And he said, "I started smiling." And he said, "I know I've got triple A here, but for my soul, I've got triple G. God the Father." God the Son and God the Holy Ghost. Woo! Amen. Oh, when we run into troubles in this life, we can fall on our knees and we can get a hold of Triple G. Amen. Uh, I don't mind th th when I say that, I don't mean that disrespectful in any way toward God, but you understand what I'm saying. I'm just trying to put it with the Triple A. But God the Father can come right to our problems. Amen. He can touch us when we need it. Amen. So let's let's uh, be praying for those that are still sick. Uh, I'll come in late for the church. I'm sorry, but uh, we've got Nicholas set here ready to go. Let's pray for him. How about you just, those that want to, stand up. Those that, that can't, just raise your hands. Let's pray for Brother Nick as he comes to preach the gospel.
glad to be in the house of the Lord this evening. Praise the Lord. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be back in the house of God with us this evening. And uh, just want to be a blessing. I'm uh, be praying for Brother Steve. I hate to hear uh, the situation he's in. I know if it was up to him, he wouldn't be there. And uh, he'd be right here, and so we'll be praying for him. But I thank the pastors for the opportunity to preach the Word of God. And uh, if you want to go with me in the Bible to Second uh, Samuel chapter number 9. <coughs> Praise the Lord. I'm going to read a few verses here. And uh, this is just, this is one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. I know I, I probably testify and talk about it a whole lot, and so I'm, y'all might get a rerun of a lot of things that I already say, Brother Matt, but uh, I, I won't be lengthy, so if you'll just get behind me and help me, we'll push for an altar, we'll see what God will do for us. I want to be a blessing and help people and see what God will do for us this evening. Second Samuel chapter number 9, I'm going to start reading verse number 1. The Bible says, and David said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may shew him the kindness may shew him kindness for Jonathan's sake and there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba and when they had called him unto David the king said unto him art thou Ziba and he said thy servant is he and the king said is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may shew the kindness of God unto him and Zibel said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Zibel said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Then king David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, and the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. And now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely shew thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. And I will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog? As I am, and then the verse, the next few verses of nine through twelve, it just uh, just to, to summarize it. The David tells Ziba the servant to to take care him and his servants are to take care of of Mephibosheth's land and to let him have the fruit of it of their of the labor there. And but but as for Mephibosheth, in verse number thirteen, it says, "So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table." And was lame on both his feet. Thank you for reading the word of the Lord with me and for standing in reverence. But uh, if the Lord would come to me and help me and, uh, in a special way, if you'll help me as well. I want to preach tonight for just a little while on leaving Lodabar. Would you raise your hands and ask God to help us. Lord, what an honor and a privilege it is to be in your house. Lord, to be able to break the bread of life again tonight. What an honor it is for me. But Lord... I must have your help and your anointing, Lord. I must have your thoughts in, in my mind, your words in my mouth, Lord. Let, let the word of God go forth with purpose and let it multiply in our hearts. Give us an altar call that is fruitful, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we'll give you all the glory and honor and praise. 
in Jesus' name. <coughs> Amen. You know, uh, as you read this chapter, uh, if you read the chapter before, if I can remember correctly, when you read the chapter before this, there's really not any indication that David was getting ready to do what David, uh, what I just read to you here in chapter 9. And so there's really, I don't know, Brother James, if he was just sitting and pondering. You ever do that sometimes? It's dangerous for me. But, but you ever just sit and you, and you think about, I, I, just in my personal commentary, I wonder if David was just, he was there and he was thinking about the good old days in the past. And he had the good old days on his mind of when him and Jonathan, that soul-knitting friendship that they had of, of being so close together, that they were such great friends and how they would do everything together and how they thought they would be brothers for life and be by each other's side, how they would probably rule together. And, and he was going back in his mind and, and he just pained him to realize that he wouldn't be able to have any more memories with his friend Jonathan because of how the end of him and his, Saul, uh, his father Saul had come. How we know just a, not too long before how they had uh, died in battle and how Saul had had left such a, a, a bad mark in how he passed and how Jonathan uh, passed away in the same battle with him. And so David was sitting there and he, and he was thinking and, and he didn't know what he could do to, to have any kind of, of honor that he could bestow upon such a good friend as Jonathan. And maybe it came across his mind that he said, you know, maybe Jonathan did have a wife or, or, or somebody that, that had some kind of, of child that I could be good to. And so David had in his mind that he, he, he asked this servant by the name, I believe his name is Ziba, if I'm saying it correctly. But he, he said, is there anybody of the house of, of Saul that I can show them kindness for Jonathan's sake? And you, wanna, you know, there, it's something amazing that, that your children can be blessed because of the life that you live. You know, Jonathan here, if, if I can just kind of take a step back before I get too far ahead of myself... But all this happened to Mephibosheth all because his father had a very good relationship with the king. And so David was saying, is there anybody in the house of Saul that I can be good to that I could give honor to my best friend Jonathan? And so Ziba comes and he says, there is one that, that Jonathan did have one son. There's one remaining. And see, Ziba would know that because Ziba was the one that was in control of the affairs of the house of Saul now. So he was the one that was in charge of everything. So he knew all the, the heirs, so to speak, and all the ins and outs and all of the property. He had all the information. And so Ziba looks at the king and he says, yes, there is one, but he's a crippled boy. And it's amazing to me when this, I love this chapter, but when I read it, how he never mentions his name. He never talks about what happened to him. He never talks about how he got that way. He just labeled him by his problem as if he was kind of saying, David, you may not want to even look his direction. You may not want to even go over there. It might break your heart more than what you're willing to try to be good to somebody. But, but here it is. He said, you don't want to go to that boy because he's a crippled boy. And I know this is youth service and we're used to running the buses. Maybe they're, they're watching me or listening to me online. I don't know. Or maybe you're here. But maybe there's people labeling you by things that's happened to you. 
And instead of them trying to figure out things that's going on and, 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 and try, trying to, to find out what happened to you to put you in that position, they just said, you don't want to mess with them, they're too messed up. And so here he is, what's he supposed to do? He can't provide for himself. There was no, you know, as in our, our American system of welfare and disability, I like it for the people that need it. I, I don't want to get on a rabbit trail there, but I'll just say I don't like the ones that ride it, but... Y'all, y'all, y'all know how I believe, amen, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to shoot that rabbit. But uh, So there was nothing to try to really take care of this man. Mephibosheth relied solely on the kindness of other people to be taken care of. And so Mephibosheth's a crippled boy. You know what his name means? Mephibosheth, and, it's, and, it's, and, it, and the word itself means from the mouth of shame. So here he is. He's from the mouth of shame. He's already got shame all over him. But now he's crippled and nobody wants to have anything to do with him. People stay away from him. There's a very small percentage that's ever really even good to him. That would give him some bread or give him some pieces of money to help him get along his way. And so Mephibosheth is not only crippled and not only shameful, but he's in a place called Lodabar. Lodabar is a place that when you research it, it is a place that means no pasture and no word. So he's, he's got shame. And he's crippled. But he's in a low place now. Now Lodabar is a place with no pasture. Which means there's no life there. Nothing growing. There's no children running around being happy around him. There's no word there. Which means there's no word of encouragement to come to him. In the darkest part of his life, there's no encouragement there. There's nothing that could be in this place to any benefit to Mephibosheth. But what's Mephibosheth supposed to do? He's crippled and he can't get out of there on his own. And we're in positions tonight that we aren't likely to be put, that we didn't put ourselves in. Because if you looked into the background of Mephibosheth, you'd learn why he was a crippled boy. And you wouldn't say... He's just a cripple. You want to pass him by. But if you heard the whole story and said when Saul and Jonathan died, the whole kingdom thought that they was going to come in and kill the rest of the heirs of Saul and Jonathan so they could overtake the kingdom. And in the midst of all the chaos, this nurse picked up Mephibosheth as he was just a little child, maybe a toddler. And while she was trying to save his life in a scurry to run away, she tripped, she fell, she dropped him. I don't know what happened, but she landed on him and crippled him. And he's not been able to walk ever since that day. The last thing he remembers was that his dad and his granddad died in a horrible, terrible death. His grandfather committed suicide, and his father was killed in moments later. And then all of a sudden, he can't walk anymore. He he didn't have a regular childhood like the rest of them had. He didn't go to school and learn like the rest of them did. Now, is that something you want to say? You may not want to go see that cripple boy. Puts things in a lot more perspective, don't it, Brother Philip? When you say it like that. Ziba was saying, you may not, you know, one thing Ziba may, may have been doing was later on, you, there's some scriptures there that might prove, but Ziba may not have been wanting to give up his power. Oh, hallelujah. He may not have been wanting to step out of his position because it would have cost him, Brother Randall, 
walking away from the house of Saul as the leader and letting Mephibosheth take his rightful place in the position of being the heir of Saul and Jonathan. And so Ziba was saying, well, you may not want to see that boy because in his heart he could have been saying, because he's going to take my job. I'm glad God doesn't look at our past and say he can't use this or nothing. I read a quote, I read a little thing, that said, uh, or I don't remember where I read it or, or if I saw it, but it said, it said, God pulls from the pit and he can put them in the pulpit. It don't matter where you come from. He can take you from wherever you are. You may not be in sin, but you can be in Lodabar. You may not be in, 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 out in drugs and alcohol, and you may not be in, in a terrible divorce or anything like that, but you can be in a low place and wonder where God is, and you can say, why can't I have anything growing around me? Why can't I have any fresh word from the Lord come to me where I am right now? And where, where, how am I supposed to get out of here? Because the way you are isn't because you chose to be that way. It's because something happened to you, and now you are stuck that way. But I'm so thankful that David said it doesn't matter how he is, and it doesn't matter where he is. I didn't ask for specifics. I just said, is there any left? He said, is there, he didn't say, is there any whole, or is there any rich, or is there any that can fend for themselves? He said, any. And that's kind of like the word all. A-L-L, all means all, and that's all that all means. Right, Brother Philip? Is there any? It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what they smell like. It doesn't matter where they come from. If you can get them to me, I want to be good to them. And so I'm here to preach to you just for a few more minutes that God knows where you are now. He's been asking about you. He's had you on his mind. And that just because you're in Lodabar and you're crippled and you can't get out on your own, that means God is on his way to get you out of the place you can't get yourself out of. God knows where you are. And now God is on his way to come get you. Hallelujah. Oh yes. No doubt he ever no doubt he sat there through the years and he wondered, will I ever leave Lodabar? I'm here to say yes you can. Yes you can. And by the grace of God, yes you will. You see, when you're in Lodabar, you don't really feel like you can leave. Especially when you're crippled. Because if you're crippled, that means you got to crawl. And if you got to crawl, that means you got to use all the strength. And then you're like, well, I'm running out of food and water. And then I don't have. And so it's a continual cycle. Then I got to rely completely on the strength of other people and, the, and, and on the goodness of other people. So how am I going to get out of here? I'll tell you how you're going to get out of here. God's going to send somebody calling your name. And he's going to say, I know where I didn't know. Well, God's not going to say he didn't know, but there's going to be some things that people don't understand. People aren't going to know a lot of things about you. People aren't going to know why a lot of things have happened. But God's still going to send something to come bring you out of that low place. And now you can leave it all behind. You can walk behind it all. And you can keep the faithfulness of God in your mind. And you can say, I'm just going to remember that God remembered me when I was at my lowest place. 
when I was in the place where I didn't know how I was going to get out of it and I didn't see any light in the darkness. I'm going to tell you, there is a leaving of the low place. Oh, I felt the Holy Ghost right there. You don't feel like you can leave. And in yourself, you can't leave. But I'm here to let you know we come after, we serve a God that will come after you when you can't come to Him. I know it says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And that's true. But there's times in your life when you don't feel like you can come to Him. But the Bible also says, if there's two legs and a piece of an ear in the lion's mouth, the shepherd would go after it to retrieve what was his. And the good Samaritan didn't stop because the man was wounded, but the wounds drew him to help that man even more. Just because you can't get to him don't mean he won't come to you. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Y'all come on, get us a song. I'm, I'm just about done. However y'all want to do it, whatever you want to sing. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, or I believe, sorry, Philippians 3, he said, Brethren, I count not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. And I know you're in a place right now that you don't want to be in. And you're in a place you don't feel like you can get out of. But Sister Dana, you're not always going to be in Lodabar. You're not always going to be there, Brother Randall. Feel the Holy Ghost right now. You're not always going to be where you are right now. You hear me? I don't claim to be anything that I'm not and look more spiritual than I mean to be. But I do know what I feel right now. And I feel something giving me chills all up and down my body. And I feel the Holy Ghost letting me tell somebody right now, you're not going to be there the rest of your days. Hey, I feel the Holy Ghost now giving me liberty to preach a little while. You don't think anybody knows where you are. You don't feel like anybody knows what you've been through. But God said, I've had your number from the very beginning. I know where you've been. I've been right beside you the whole way. It's time to come to my house and eat at my table. It's time to come to my house and let me take care of you. And let me insure you. And let me hold you a little while. It's time to come back to where you need to be. Stand with me right now. Stand with me across the house. We need to make an altar call right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. Let's raise our hands right now and let's ask God to give us an altar. Have your way, Holy Ghost. Hey. I know it's Tuesday night. I know it's supposed to be you, service, But I just felt a presence from another world come in this house. It's not time to look around. It's time to get in and say, I've been way down. I've been low. But now, 
God's saying, I can eat bread. Hallelujah. I can eat bread. I can have nourishment. I can have strength in my body. I can have healing in my bones. I can have victory in my heart. Hey, you need to come on out and get to the table. You say, you don't know how low I am. Then why is the king asking about you? Why is the king asking about you? Because he knows how low you are. Hey. I'm out of notes. But I know the Lord's here to help somebody. I feel it's more than one. You don't have to be a prophet to know that. Everybody's going through something, Brother Randall. Some of us have more than others. I'm not belittling or raising anybody else's problems. Everybody's going through life. Everybody's going through a pandemic right now. Whatever pandemic, whatever you want to call it. But now, do you know what that meant? Since King David said, now you're going to sit here. Let me, let me read that again to you. Let me back up and read these first few verses. This is where this is where Mephibosheth was living. In verse number 4. He was in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Verse number 5. He was in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. But, verse number 13. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem. <sighs> He ate at the table, but he lived in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, you're not just going to change places just to eat a little while. You're going to change locations permanently. Permanently. You're not going to stay low. You're not going to be there all the time. You're going to come out, and you're going to live in a new place. He's going to do a new thing. He's going to bring you where you need to be. And so now you're going to live in Jerusalem. You're going to eat at the king's table. And then on top of all that, everything that belonged to you beginning, all that before, Brother Joseph, it's all yours again. And these guys over here are going to till the land, and you're going to have the fruit of it. I wish I could get this across to somebody like I'm feeling it. But oh, if you come on out. Come on. I don't think we need to have a normal altar call tonight. But if you need help, if you need strength, Sister Dana. I know you've been missing and you've been doing everything you can. But I don't want this to come across the wrong way. But if you feel like praying, you don't have to play that piano if you need strength. I know that's your heart and that's your calling. I hope that don't come across the wrong way. Is that, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me tell you, she's been through it. Yeah. Brother Randall, you've been through it. But it ain't going to stay that way. Yeah. And if you want to pray a little while, we'll pray with you. Right. And we'll help you get out of Lodabar. Yeah, we'll help God. you get to Jerusalem. We'll get you to the place where the temple is. We'll get to the place where God resides. We'll get to the place where you don't know. You don't have to wonder if God knows where you are anymore. Why don't you come on out? Step on out right now. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on. Let's have an altar in this place. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm going to walk right out this pile and lift my hands and praise the Lord. Ain't going to let.
Just a little bit higher, I'm gonna walk out of this valley with my Lord. Well, I'm gonna walk right out of this valley, lift my hands and praise the Lord. Ain't he gonna let folks say to get me down, down, down? Why should I sing you till I die? Ever to wait just a little bit higher, I'm gonna walk out of this valley with my Lord. Well, I'm gonna walk right out of this valley, lift my hands and praise the Lord. Ain't he gonna let Lord's gonna give us grace to make the trip back up the hill where the sun shines bright. Well, I'm gonna walk right out of this valley, lift my hands and praise the Lord. Ain't gonna let it all stay to get me down. Why should I seek you till I die? Ever to wait just a little bit higher, I'm gonna walk out of this valley with my Lord. Well, I'm gonna walk right out of this valley, lift my hands. Just a little bit higher, I'm gonna walk out of this valley with my Lord. Well, I'm gonna walk right out of 